Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast of Noonan First United Methodist Church. We have a couple of quick announcements before we get into this week's sermons. On Monday, April 27th, we are expecting to hear from the bishop and cabinet about their guidelines for North Georgia United Methodist Churches and when we should expect to reopen for in-person worship services and events. We have already heard that it won't be until at least mid-May, but we'll send out an email as soon as we get the word. Speaking of emails, if you don't already get the emails that we send, like the in-between, make sure you're on our email list by visiting the website, noonanfumc.org, then at the top right of the page, hover over Media, then choose Email List from the drop-down. Fill out and submit the form to be added to the list. Also, note that we use the same email list for most of the emails that go out, so if you get an email for a ministry that doesn't apply to you, just delete it. Don't unsubscribe. Then you won't be removed from the list and miss any emails that you are interested in. Finally, we announced last week that Fede Apasena will be joining our staff as an associate pastor. If you didn't see his intro video, visit our Facebook page found at facebook.com slash and scroll down to check it out so you can get to know him and his family before he starts in July. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll hopefully see you very soon. This is Julie Lee. This week's scripture comes from Luke um, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their voices downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they have seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, and day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together, and saying, It is true, 
the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Hello, church. I'm excited to be back and, and share with you the word from Luke 24. If you are new to the church, welcome. My name is Danny Tomlinson. Glad you're watching and worshiping our risen Lord today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this service, Lord. Thank you that we could meet up with you despite not being able to meet in person that we can use technology, Lord. Thank you that we can worship you, Lord. We worship you, God. We extol you. Great are you, Lord God. Lord Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit pour out on us here, gathered on me, and I pray your words will come out, not mine, and that through this message you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the King and Country song, Fix My Eyes. It is a wonderful illustration on why it's important to keep our eyes on Jesus. The song says, The things of earth are dimming in the light of your glory and grace. I will set my eyes on heaven. I'm fixing my eyes on you. You know, writer and pastor John Piper says, the problem is we're blind. The solution, God-given sight of his glory. He's saying that we need the light of Jesus to see. In today's passage from Luke 24, it is talking about seeing and expectation. In it, Jesus appears to a couple of the disciples going on a walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Christ arose the same day, so it's the first Easter. One of the two disciples is Cleopas, and the other person's name we're not certain. We know that they were not one of the original 12 disciples, but were associated with them. Jesus appears to them, but they do not recognize him. Actually, it says in verse 15 that their eyes were kept from recognizing him. They have a conversation on the road that, with someone they think is a stranger about all that took place leading up to Jesus dying on the cross and them hearing that the tomb was empty. You know, it's funny. The two followers that knew him didn't recognize him, but leading up to his death, there were a lot of people who didn't recognize Jesus as the Christ. I wonder, what kind of conversations do you have with Jesus? Do you hear him? And if you saw him, would you recognize him? What would he show you? Today, I thought I would focus on the conversation and the actions that took place in this text. So I encourage you to leave your Bibles open to this chapter and maybe take notes. I'm going to read each verse and look at what did the disciples say? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? What did the disciples do? What does Jesus want us to do today? Let us look how the scene starts out and see what is taking place. It is kind of like a, a quiet and lazy kind of Sunday. People who knew Jesus were feeling fearful and kind of wondering 
what's next? Because they did not have any expectation that they would see him that day. But some news came along that made them have a little hope. They heard that the tomb was empty. Jesus rose from the grave, which was predicted by Jesus. Mark Mark 9, 31 to 32 said, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they, and this is the disciples, did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. So the disciples did not hear that Jesus was going to rise again, and he told them. And on that day that Jesus rose, the two are walking and talking about all that had happened the past three days. They were not looking for the resurrected Jesus on the road. Let's look at verse 13 and 14. It says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Don't you love how this scene starts out? There is a contrast in the mood between the the beginning and ending of this passage. It has a feeling that maybe their heads are hanging low and maybe they're kicking rocks. But at the end, they are talking excitedly because they have that hope that Jesus is alive. It gives me that feeling like when I was a kid and I was going to school. And I'm walking to school and it's maybe a Monday morning and me and my friends are just not feeling it. We're kind of slowly walking to school. But at the end of the day, we're excited. We're happy because we have that hope that once we get home, we're going to go outside and play. Just like that, hope comes back to them. They are hopeful and their faith is about to be affirmed that what Jesus said was true. They are traveling to Emmaus from Jerusalem, which in distance is like going from Noonan to Sharpsburg, maybe. That does not seem far driving, but walking, it is. I have a friend who works at a restaurant in our area, but he walks from one side of Noonan down Burlesboro to and from his job in Sharpsburg every day. He leaves his house at 6.30 to get to work by 8, and he leaves work at 4 p.m. to be home by around 6.30. He is from another country, so when I ask him about getting some help with transportation, he laughs it off and talks in another language. He's such a joyful and happy man. More about my friend when I close. Let's look at what happens next. Verse 15 and 16. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So the discussion of the two draws in Jesus, but they were kept from recognizing him. What is going on here? You know, the Bible does not say why their eyes were kept from recognizing him, but the words were kept is from the Greek word kratos, which means strength, seized, or retain. So it, it appears that maybe they were preoccupied just like when Mary at first didn't recognize Jesus because she was full of sorrow as recorded in John 20. What is keeping you from seeing Jesus today? 
Has your world been turned upside down from COVID-19? Don't let your worries take your eyes off of Jesus. He is with you right now. Ask him to open your eyes to his presence. Listen, Jesus does not want you to be preoccupied with what you're thinking about. I heard a story about an old Cherokee that was teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside of me, he said to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it is between two wolves. One is evil, and the other is good. The, the same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. Friends, what are you feeding on today? Are you feeding upon the circumstances and the things of this world? Or are you feeding on your faith and looking at Jesus, who is your point of reference? Are you spending your time in prayer and reading his word? Are you expecting to see Jesus today? Let's look at what verse 17 says. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. So Jesus has a question. Jesus knows the answer, but he is asking. Jesus had many questions in the Bible, like, What must I do to have eternal life? How can a person be born again? Who is my neighbor? What is the greatest commandment? Jesus wants us to answer his questions. And the answers are not as important as much as you coming to him through the dialogue. Because that is where we get relationship with Jesus when he reaches out to us through those conversations. Let's look at the response. Verse 18 and 19. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? Let me stop here in the middle of verse 19. Cleopas is thinking, dude, where have you been? And Jesus asked them another question, digging to get more of that relationship so he can reveal who he is to them. And that is what Jesus does. He keeps talking to us to get us to talk to him about, so we can have relationship that is so important to him. And here's the rest of verse 19 through 24. And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the prophets, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they have seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. You know, Jesus is asking about your concerns today. He knows 
but he wants you to be specific about it. He wants to know about the healing that needs to take place, the money that needs to come in, the hurt that needs to go away. He wants us to ask for forgiveness for unrepented sins. But more importantly, he wants you to know who he is. Jesus is our savior. He is powerful. He is full of love and concern and is reaching out to you for relationship. I know your heart is hurting. I know your bills are due. I know it's been a long time since you heard from your loved ones. I know you are lonely during this quarantine. But do you know the one who is ready to hear your prayers and is inside of you because you believe on Jesus? He is the one that conquered the grave. He wants to take you beyond what's seen to what's true. How many times did Jesus say, do not fear? Kind of like when you look at the ocean, on the surface, it's turbulent. And what's not seen is down below and how peaceful and calm it is in the depths of the water. Jesus is inside of you through the Holy Spirit and gives you his kind of peace. Let's see how Jesus responds. Verse 25 to 27. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So Jesus is frustrated that the two disciples didn't fully believe what the prophets had said. Jesus' suffering on the cross, resurrection, should have brought them to faith. This was Jesus' victory. And they were acting like it was not true. You know, I wonder how many times do we read something in the Bible and the promises of God and think they don't apply to us today. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Bible is our context for our life. And at that time in this story, there was almost like there was this veil that separates the truth from reality that was over their eyes. Second Corinthians 3.14 says, But their minds were hardened. For to this day when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Let's look at what happens next. Verses 28-31. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us, for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Wow, can you imagine that one minute there is a stranger eating dinner with you, then all of a sudden it's Jesus. And I think these verses 28 to 31 point to at least three applications, the very least. The first, hospitality. When you give shelter or food to someone in need, you're actually giving 
to Jesus. Matthew 25, 37 to 40 says, Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we <clears throat> see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it for me. You know, during these times with COVID-19, there are a lot of people needing food, money, or, or an ear to listen. Be generous with your love at this time because according to this verse, you are giving to Jesus himself. Second application, gather. Through this COVID-19 crisis, I think it's been wonderful how we use technology through this video and meeting in platforms like Zoom. I think we're finding that we can have church outside of church buildings. Matthew 18, 20 says, for where two or three gather in my name, I am there with them. We gather to worship God. Third application, communion. This meal the two disciples had was an ordinary meal, but it's at that moment where their eyes are opened. Having communion is important. For one, Jesus is the bread. As John 6, 35 says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And having communion to remember Jesus' death is a command for us to do it as often as we can. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now let's look at what the disciples finally say after seeing Jesus and what they do. Verses 32 to 35. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So the two wonder why their hearts did not burn within them while they talked to Jesus. Earlier in Luke 12, Jesus said he had come to bring fire on the earth. And in today's passage, we see their hearts are slow to believe, to know the joy of those whose hearts burn for Jesus. Allow your desires for Jesus to burn out the desires for this world and just get his desires. The two disciples' hearts were burning and immediately at that very hour returned to Jerusalem to tell the disciples all that had happened because they were excited to share their testimony. Pay attention to the verbs in these couple verses. They are rose, returned, found, gathered, and told. I think these words show us what we can do as Christians today in response to this story. And I'll just kind of go through them. Rise. Before we rise up to do something for the Lord, we must humble ourselves under his mighty hand. It is God who raises us up. Remember, Jesus humbled himself and served them the bread during dinner at their house. Return. 
Do we need to return to the Lord, our first love? Found, are you lost and looking for a savior? Gathered, we are gathered around the screen, the screen of the television. And we sure can't wait to gather and talk about how Jesus was with us as we worshiped in our homes. And worship is so important to show who we treasure, and that is Jesus. And finally, told. Whom do you need to tell about Jesus? Who needs that hope? Tell someone your testimony like the two did. Love someone by telling them about the love of Jesus today. Because in such as a time like this, people are looking for hope that only Jesus can offer. This story shows two disciples that found Jesus when they were not expecting him. Jesus is coming back one day. In fact, after the 40 days after Jesus's resurrection, Jesus was gathered with his disciples a final time on the Mount of Olives, and he ascended to heaven. A couple of men in white proclaimed this in Acts 1.11. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So today, that is the message. It is to expect to see Jesus in your heart. Expect to see Jesus in your circumstances. And finally, expect to see Jesus again one day. I close with the ending to the story about my friend who walks to and from his job a couple hours each way. One day I was driving home and I saw him on the side of the road walking. So I pulled over and invited him into my car. He was so joyful for the ride, but even more joyful for our friendship. We pulled to his home and he never once complained about the times he walks to and from work every day. He always smiles, he's always thanking God. He throws a $10 bill into my car because I wouldn't take it from him for, for gas, and, and actually I, I didn't eat gas that day. But love was there that day. Plus, you know, I just shook my head because there was an important lesson for me in that. And that is one can be joyful and thanking God under any circumstance. I wonder, who saw Jesus that day? I think I sure did. Today, I hope you see and know Jesus. If you know him, ask the Holy Spirit, what is the lesson for me today? If you don't know Jesus, understand that there is a God who loves you so much that gave his son for you, for your salvation. Ask him, ask Jesus to be your savior. He is trying to get you to see him through your heart. Let's pray. Holy God, we thank you for this message, Lord. We thank you that your presence is here among all those who are listening, Lord. Lord, we pray if there's someone that's listening that does not know Jesus, I ask him to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, 
I accept you as my Savior. I take you into my heart. Help me to walk with you. And Lord, we pray for all those that are gathered together as a church. We praise and we worship you. We just thank you, Lord, that we could come together like this at this time. We ask for healing for those who are infected by COVID-19 or any other disease. And Lord, we ask humbly to heal our land of this world. Lord God, we sure need you. Go with us this week and let us see you. In Jesus' name, amen.